Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. As we continue our series of podcasts today called Shields Up, if you're just joining us, the entire premise behind this podcast series is that we put our shield of faith up against the evil one because the evil one is doing all that he can to lie to us from sunup to sundown and to get us to think unbiblically and incorrectly about the things of God. And so we have to help ourselves. We have to put the shield of faith up and we have to try to think biblically and therefore try to act correctly based on our proper understanding. And so that's really what these podcast series are about. And so that we could fight the evil one. We could think biblically. And this past Sunday, we talked about storms, not necessarily physical storms, although that is the representation of what we're going to look at today. But we talked about spiritual storms. So the word of God would use the word trial. We know what trials are. We've heard that term before. I'm going to use the word storm because I feel like it's an interchangeable word. And really, this past Sunday, we looked at a physical storm that was representing a spiritual trial. And so we're going to look at the nature of storms today. And this past Sunday, we looked at a very familiar passage from Matthew chapter 8, where the disciples follow Jesus into a boat. And as they do that, they get into a really bad storm on the sea. And the storm is so severe that it says the waves were pounding the boat and actually coming into the boat and swamping the boat with water. And during this entire ordeal, Jesus is asleep in the boat. And so it seems like from the surface that the disciples are handling this storm on their own and that Jesus is sort of checked out. And they get so terrified that they do something that probably a lot of us would do. They go and sort of shake Jesus awake and say to Jesus, Jesus, Lord, we are perishing. And Jesus does a couple of interesting things. He wakes up, he rebukes the disciples' faith and says to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And then he rebukes the waves and the wind and they calm. The storm goes away in an instant. And it's quite an interesting passage. But there's one thing that makes it super profound and teachable for all of us. It's what Jesus says to the disciples. He says, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. And what I want to talk about today is the nature of storms or trials. Another classic passage from the Bible is James chapter 1, where James says this about trials. He says in verse 2 of James 1, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So we want to talk about the nature of storms or trials today. I'm going to use the word storms, but really you could talk about trials. They're really the same thing. There's something that come into our life that is difficult, that is painful, that is a little scary, but it's there to help us mature and grow in the Christian life. Well, going back to physical storms, storms on the earth, I want to use a couple examples Because there's two ways for people to handle uh, a storm here in the physical realm. Most of us like storms if we're safe and secure from them. There's something exciting about storms. I've heard from a lot of people that they like thunderstorms and big snowstorms. And really what they mean is they like them when they're safe. They like them when they can hunker down. And that's a term we kind of use for just staying inside and just waiting out the storm and just watching the storm from a safe place. And so a lot of us just hunker down when a storm comes and we just sort of enjoy the fact that we're not in the midst of it. But if you are in the midst of the storm, it's actually quite a different perspective because you're terrified. You're terrified of what the storm can do to you. This past month or so here in the East Coast, we've had some really severe wind and rain. And a couple of those times I've had to drive through that storm. And it's quite a terrifying thing to do because uh, the rain is so intense. It's almost like my, my windshield wipers can't keep up with it. And my car is swaying a little bit in the severe wind. And it's a, ter- it's a terrifying place to be. Because you realize how fragile you are in the midst of such a powerful storm. 
So most of us avoid storms. We, we don't want to be in the storm unless we're somewhere safe. And if we are in the midst of the storm, if a storm is going to come directly at us, we, we make sure that we get out in time so the storm doesn't harm us. But then there's another group of people in this world. They're called storm chasers. And these people have often intrigued me. I don't know if you've ever witnessed some of these people on TV or in the news, but these people actually do the opposite of what most of us would do with storms. They actually run toward the storm. They drive toward the storm. They're trying to get as close to the storm as they can because they're trying to document the storm, get footage on the storm, make statistics about the storm, and actually you know, increase our understanding of what storms are and how to protect ourselves. But these people are both brave and a little stupid in my eyes because they're going into the danger with full knowledge that the storm can harm them and that they are fragile beings. But they have a different perspective. They're actually trying to get as close as they can to the storm. Well, I want to talk about the nature of storms today. I'm going to talk about a few different things, but I want to start here. And now we're not talking about the physical storms anymore. I want to transition to what a spiritual storm is or a trial. Remember, you can use the word trial. It's something that God has given us to test our faith and mature our faith so that our faith grows and becomes strong. But let's start here with the world's perspective on storms or trials. This is how the world sees storms, and we are even somehow included in this because sometimes we don't think biblically about storms. And so we have the perspective on storms that the world does. And here's five things that I came up with that the world thinks about storms. And now I'm talking about spiritual storms, storms that are just trials and hard things in our life, not necessarily just rain and wind of the physical realm, but anything that can shake our life, anything that can make our life difficult. The first perspective that the world has on storms is that I believe they, they would say life is supposed to be smooth. It's supposed to be comfortable. Life is supposed to be full of joyful, memory-making moments. And storms are the big party killer. We're here to have fun. We're here to have a nice, comfortable, easy life and make a lot of memories and have a lot of fun. And when storms come, they just get in the way. And uh, we don't want anything to do with storms because they're there to steal our fun and to steal our memories. Another perspective people can have on storms is that storms are actually a sign of an angry or resentful God. That when storms come into our life, it means there's something really terrible about God that he's revealing uh, about his character and his nature. And, and so when we look at storms in our life, and again, we're not talking about physical storms, but anything um, that makes our life more difficult. It could be something with money. It could be something with our health. It could be a relationship that is on rocky ground. And so when we see those things come into our life, we look at these storms and go, see, God is angry. God is resentful. God is not as good as we thought, because why would he make my life this uncomfortable? So that's another perspective people can have on storms. And I'm not including any of us in that, but I know that I have fallen into that trap many times, thinking about storms that way. Here's another perspective from the world's angle, is that we should seek to avoid storms for the sake of comfort and ease. As soon as something difficult comes into our life, we run away from it. We don't want to face it head on. We're like the opposite of storm chasers. We want to run and get out of the way and make sure that we don't have to face anything really dangerous and uncomfortable. And so maybe we don't take risks because of the possibility of something hard coming into our life. We set up our life around a lot of comfortable, secure things so that we don't have to face a lot of storms because storms are unpleasant and uncomfortable and we don't really want to go after them. Another um, perspective of the world on storms is that it's a danger. That danger is a sign of something wrong in our life. When we see something like a storm or a trial, it means there's something wrong. I mean, that's immediately the sign that you get from a storm. And you look at a storm, you look at something hard come into your life, and you realize, oh, wow, I've done something wrong. God is punishing me. God is 
chastening me. God is maybe angry toward me because why would he bring something like this into my life? My life is not supposed to be this way. And I think that's a really big pitfall in perspective that the world has is that if you see storms that way, that every single time something difficult comes into your life, you have a wrong view of God, you have a wrong view of man, you have a wrong view of our purpose here on this earth. But that is a common perspective people have on storms, that if something is there that's dangerous or scary or painful, that it's a sign that there's something wrong with God or with our relationship with God. Number five perspective on storms is that storms are there to harm us. Why else would God bring a storm into our life except that he wanted to harm us and hurt us? Because storms have the potential, don't they? They're scary. And I'm sure the disciples, at least for a moment, had that perspective on the storm, that this storm is here to, to harm us, to hurt us, to destroy us. And so we need to make sure that Jesus is on top of this. Wake him up. Tell him to save us. Otherwise, the storm is there to kill us. And that's a perspective a lot of us can have about storms, is that God sent these storms in there to harm us and to hurt us. And if the devil could get us to believe that, then we see God in such a different way than we should. Because that's really the opposite of what James says about storms and trials. He says they're there to mature us. They're to make us steadfast. They're to make us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But often the devil will tell us that storms are there for our harm. They're there to hurt our faith. They're there to hurt our relationship with God, to hurt our relationship with people. And so we can have the wrong perspective on storms. And as soon as we have the wrong perspective on storms, we don't see clearly. We don't think biblically. And if we don't think biblically, we don't act correctly. Well, what is the biblical purpose of storms? These are five things that I found from God's Word. I don't have the time to look at every passage that backs these up, but these are five things I found from God's Word on what is the biblical purpose of storms or trials. And the first one we get right from James chapter 1, it's to test our faith. God brings trials and storms into our life to test our faith, to actually show us where we are in this Christian life. Because when God brings a storm in, it reveals something about us. If we trust and we turn to God and we brave the storm, it reveals that our faith is strong and, and getting mature. But if we, if we crumble in the midst of a storm, if, if we can't hack it, if we can't embrace it and weather the storm, and we call out like the disciples did and say, Jesus, take the storm away, it's scary, it reveals something about us. It reveals that we're still kind of immature in the faith. And that might seem cruel, but really all God is doing is showing us where we are in the Christian life so that we can get better. Because if we didn't understand where we were in the Christian life, we wouldn't seek to get better. We would always give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. And so storms come in and they test our faith and they show us what's real. Because we often like to think we're mature Christians. We've been in this a long time. We know what we're doing. We know how to think and act biblically. But when the storm comes, it really shows us where we are. And God does that so that we know and we can grow and mature. The next thing it does is, again, James bring this up, it's, it's there to strengthen our faith. And that's completely the opposite of how the devil pegs these storms. He pegs them to say, listen, they're there to harm you. They're there to hurt you. They're there to push you backwards. But God's word says the complete opposite. Storms are there to actually strengthen your faith. Because if you're able to weather a storm and trust God, then God can actually give you harder things to handle. And your faith grows and grows and grows. It's kind of like a muscle. When you work out a muscle for the first time, it's very weak. And you have to work at it and work at it and work at it for weeks and months. But what actually happens is the muscle becomes trained to lift, to carry, to push, to resist. And the muscle will grow. And that's really what God is doing with our faith in the midst of storms is he's getting our faith to grow like a big muscle. Because if our muscle of faith will grow, then we are able to handle much more 
grand and big things that God would have for us. But in order to do, to do that, he has to train and to test our faith and to strengthen our faith in the midst of storms. And storms have a great propensity to strengthen our faith. Another b- biblical purpose of storms is to turn us towards dependency and trust in the Lord. It's quite interesting that in the Christian life, we are supposed to become independent and dependent at the same time. We are supposed to be able to live and function as Christians without our hand being held all the time by God. He is supposed to be able to trust us, kind of like you would trust a child as they grow up, to just do the things you've trained and taught them to do. You shouldn't have to check on your 10 and 12 and 15-year-old every single moment of the day to make sure they're acting the proper way. There's a part in the Christian life where God wants us to to live and function independently based on what we've already learned. But it's also quite complex because God still wants us to depend on him and trust in him for the things that we need in life. He wants us to turn to him. He wants us to call out to him. He wants us to pray to him and to talk to him and to trust his bigness and his sovereign control in our life. And so we have this complexity of having to both be independent and mature in the Christian life, but never lose our dependency and trust in the Lord. And so storms, their purpose, one of the purpose of storms is actually to increase that dependency upon God, to actually help us remember that we're not the end-all be-all, that I can't just handle things on my own. I need God. I need God's power. I need God's wisdom. I will never come to a point in my life where I I can just do away with God. That's never going to happen. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. The more you grow in Christ, the more you need him and the more you turn to him. And storms have the propensity to just say, look, look how fragile you are. Look how much you need God. Don't lose sight of God in this midst. You need him for this battle. You need him for this race. Another purpose of storms based on the biblical level is to cause rejoicing for our many blessings from God. When you're in something uncomfortable and painful, it often gives you a unique perspective of what you do have in life. Because a lot of us, especially in a Western culture, are are covetous people. We're always looking for something better and greater than what we have. We're never really content. And that's a really big sin because God calls us to be content with what we have. And sometimes a storm can have the propensity to help us see things properly and for help us to count and, and counter blessings from God and remember all that he's done for us. And storms can use that, have that purpose in our life to say, look, Look what you have. Look what God has given you. Rejoice for the family that you have. Rejoice for the faith that you have. Rejoice for the way that he takes care of you and provides for you every step of the way. And sometimes we just have to see things uncomfortably in the midst of a storm to get us to have that perspective once again. To call out and say, God, thank you. Thank you that you're there. Thank you that you're listening to me. Thank you that you're my God. Thank you that you provided me all of these things because without these things, I wouldn't be able to weather this storm. Another biblical purpose on storms is to make us like Jesus and to help us finish the Christian race. We talked about that storms have the purpose, the propensity to strengthen our faith. Well, they do. And they definitely have the propensity to help us become more like Jesus. Because Jesus went through a lot of storms on this earth. Storm after storm after storm. And every single time he handled it in a godly fashion. And so when storms come into our life, they're there for the specific purpose of us becoming more like Jesus, acting more Christ-like, thinking more Christ-like, loving and rejoicing like Christ would have in the midst of storms. And they actually help us finish the Christian race. And that kind of seems ironic because it seems like a storm sets us backwards. And it's kind of like ruins our progress in the Christian faith, but that's not what it is at all. Storms actually push us forward in maturity. 
And it's interesting that if we think that way about storms, we will actually thank God because they're kind of like a fast track to maturity. God could take where we are now. He could put us through something hard and severe, and we can come out way more Christ-like than we ever would have without that storm. So those are five biblical purposes of storms. I want to now look at the true nature of storms because these are things that are also based in the Bible, but they go a little bit deeper than just what the biblical purpose is. They talk about the nature of these storms, what is actually true in the midst of storms. And here's five more things I thought of, I found from God's word, is that in the storm, Jesus goes with us during every single storm. I hope we know that. We never enter a storm by ourselves. If we are following Christ and trusting in Christ as our Savior, every single storm we face, it's similar to the disciples in the boat with Jesus. He's in the boat with us. He is right there next to us in the midst of the storm. We don't have to be fearful because we have the Lord next to us. And that's really comforting to know because one of the things we first find when we find ourselves in a storm is we find the lie from the devil that we're all alone. And I'm sure that's how the disciples felt when they were in the boat with Jesus is that, look, Jesus is asleep. You guys are all alone. And how terrifying is it to feel all alone in the midst of a storm? But just because Jesus was asleep, it doesn't mean they were alone. On the contrary, Jesus was at perfectly peace and calm in his soul about the storm. And he wanted that exact thing for his disciples to say, look, look at Jesus. Not only is he with you, but he's perfectly at peace in the midst of the storm. Another thing about the nature of storms is that Jesus is in control of every storm. And we learn that from Matthew chapter 8 when he gets up and rebukes the winds and the waves and the waves calm. Jesus is in control of the storm. He's the one that actually has his hand on the thermostat. And it's oftentimes it feels like Jesus is nowhere to be found when we're in a storm. That again, somehow the storm means some kind of anger from God. And that Jesus' presence has left us and he's left us to fend for ourselves. And that's never the case. Jesus is with us and he's the one in control of the storm. So he's never going to turn the thermostat to such a degree that it would actually harm our faith. It would actually destroy us. He's never going to do that. Because the entire purpose of the storm and the trial is actually to make us more mature more Christ-like, more able to trust. And when God puts us through those things, we have to remember that Jesus is only going to let the storm be whatever he wants it to be so that we are strengthened in our faith. And I find that one difficult. I find that one difficult in the midst of the storm to think that way because I often think, oh man, this storm is too severe. It's too much. I can't handle this. But I must remember my Lord would never put me through something that is going to break me. He would only put me through something that is going to strengthen me. And that's something we have to simply think biblically about because the devil would say the complete opposite. This storm is here to hurt you, to harm you, to set you backwards. And it's just a lie. Another nature of the storms is that the storms have no ability to destroy us. And we just mentioned that. The storms are not there to hurt us or to harm us or certainly not to destroy us. They are not God's punishment or wrath. God does not put us through a trial and, and show us his punishment. And I'm so thankful for that one because God could. I think the old adage people have when they think about God is that God is going to zap them with lightning if they do something wrong. I, he, I see that in a lot of media, kind of in jest and a joke, but it's, it's kind of something people think about God. That if I do something wrong, God is going to slam me in with lightning and he's going to hurt me, he's going to harm me, he's going to bring a storm upon me just to judge me. But God doesn't really handle things that way. He has a judgment day coming. He doesn't need to handle things that way right now. Now, there is discipline and chastening in the Christian life, and some of that can just be consequence. And so sometimes a storm can actually be something we created because we made a mess of our lives. We did something we shouldn't have done, and there is a consequence for that. But 
Generally speaking, when storms and trials come into our life, they're not an evidence of God's punishment or wrath. They have no ability to destroy us. They are there to teach us something, to train us, to make us stronger and more mature, to actually help us become more Christ-like. And so we have to remember that about God's storms. God is not there to be angry with us. He's there to help us, to love us, to pick us up, to move us forward. That's how kind and generous our Lord is. Another nature of storms is that Jesus is seeking to replace our calm waters with a calm soul. Because as we want it in the life, we don't want to face storms. We don't want anything that's uncomfortable or painful. And so we kind of pray ourselves out of all of these storms and say, God, if you could really calm the storm, I'd really be thankful. I don't want anything painful in my life. But really what Jesus is doing is something really profound. He's seeking to take the calm waters that we want and replace it with a calm soul so that we can endure a, fa a, a storm with faith. We can look at a storm, we can see the storm, we can see the severity of the storm, and we can still see that our God is bigger than the storm. We can see that our God is in control of the storm, and that can actually cause us to rejoice and to have peace in our soul. And I know that's a really mature one, but if we could get there in the Christian life, where we actually don't just want calm waters, what we want is a calmness in our soul. That we can handle things when God brings them in our life. We can handle storms. We can handle trials. We can handle things that are hard that God gives us because we've learned to trust him in the midst of the storm. Another nature of storms, biblically, is that Jesus will never abandon us in the storm. But he will always provide, a, provide us a way to weather it with faith. Jesus is not going to get us into a storm and then leave. And I think that's probably, again... How the disciples must have thought when they looked at Jesus in the midst of the storm and saw him asleep, as if to feel like maybe Jesus abandoned them. That they were there on their own. Jesus was not there to help them. And so they decide to take matters into their own hands and wake Jesus up and say, Jesus, don't abandon us. Wake up and provide and save us in the midst of this storm. But the, the funny thing about it is Jesus was actually doing that while he was asleep. He was actually hoping that they would look at Jesus, look at the peace and the calm and the rest that he was having in the midst of the storm and realized that they too can have the very same thing. That they were in the boat with Jesus and the, the storm was never going to kill Jesus. It was never going to kill Jesus' disciples. And the peace that passes all understanding is something that Jesus wants for us in the midst of the storm. And he's never going to abandon us. He's never going to leave us alone in the midst of the storm. He's going to be there. He's going to be in sovereign control over the storm and we don't have to fear. The last thing I want to look at is what do we do where would we be in life without storms? If God didn't bring these trials and these storms into our life, where would we be? What is the evidence? What is the result of not having storms? Or maybe look at it from this angle. What is the result if God calmed every storm in our life? And we, we had the life we kind of wanted. We never had pain. We never had suffering. We never had trials. Everything was smooth sailing. Every day was sunny and 72 degrees. I mean, what would be the, the response from us? If that was our life. Well, I think number one, if we didn't have storms, our faith would remain small. It's kind of like that muscle. That if you never train that muscle, if you never work that muscle out, it just remains small. And you don't become strong. If our faith is not tested and strengthened, it's not going to be strong enough to finish the race. To endure. To get where we need to get. And so God has to strengthen that muscle. He has to train that faith so that it becomes strong and able to endure so we have to have storms. Storms are there for our benefit. Number two, if we didn't have storms, we would generally not depend upon the Lord or learn to trust him. We are very self-sufficient people. 
we like to think that we can handle things on our own and that I'm the master of my own world and that so when, when something hard comes into my life, I just handle it. I just do what I think is best and I'm very self-sufficient. But when a storm comes to our life, it kind of trains us the opposite to say, look, you're not self-sufficient. You are in need of a God. You are in need of a protector. You are in need of someone who's in control and sovereign control of life. And so if we didn't have storms, we would never think that way. We would always think that we can handle everything in life and we would be wrong. And we would never mature. We would never come to the place where God wants us to, which is perfect Christ-likeness. If we also didn't have storms, we would not fellowship with our Lord Jesus because our Lord Jesus went through so many storms. And we know a big part of the eternal kingdom of God is going to be us fellowshipping with Jesus, him sharing stories about his storms, us sharing stories about our storms, and having those sweet memories and moments together to say, Lord, you were there with me. I was there with you. I was in the trenches. I was in the foxholes with you. I remember the pain and the severity and the discomfort that storm was. And Jesus is going to have scars, of course, in his hands and feet, and maybe we will too, to say, look, look at the scars that I, I got from these storms. And Jesus, they're a blessed reminder of me fellowshipping with you and being like you. And if we didn't have storms, we would have no fellowship with the Lord Jesus on the last day. He would say, look at all that I went through for your sake. And we would say back to him, I have nothing for you, Lord. Everything I had was calm waters. Everything I had was smooth sailing. So if we didn't have storms, we wouldn't have any fellowship with our Lord. Number four, if we didn't have storms, we couldn't mature. And we would never have the proper perspective of this earth. This earth, like I said at the beginning, we're always taught that storms are bad. Storms are an evidence of God's anger. Storms are something that means something is wrong in our life. And when we start to weather storms and we start to trust in the midst of storms, we start to mature. We start to see life for what it really is. This is not our eternal dwelling place. This is not our paradise. This place on earth is not our heaven. It's supposed to be a battleground. It's supposed to be boot camp. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be uphill. And if we start bent on that, but if we start wrong on that one, then we'll never understand what storms are there for. We'll always think that they're foreign and they're weird and they're, they're harsh and we don't want them in part of our life. But really, if you know anything about the life here on this earth, is this is not our best life now. Our best life now is our life to come in the eternal realm. And that's what we're going to call paradise. That's what we're going to call the kingdom of God. That's where all the storms go away and all the pain and suffering goes away and God compares it to an eternal rest. But right now, this is battleground. We are in warfare and it's going to be hard. It's going to be dangerous. But those storms are there to train us and to help us become more Christ-like because we don't get into the kingdom of God without holiness. We don't get into the kingdom of God without Christ-likeness. We don't get into the kingdom of God if we can't fellowship and can't follow our Lord in the midst of storms. So storms are really necessary for our full sanctification. And the last thing, that if we didn't have storms in this life, as I just mentioned, we would always consider this to be our best life now. We would always look to earth as the place that we need to get all our treasures from and all our fun from and all our memories from. And really the Bible trains us the opposite and says, listen, this, this life is about carrying your cross. It's about sacrifice and love towards one another. It's not about getting. It's not about gaining. It's not about being exalted. You will have that on the other side. If you use this earth properly, you will get exaltation. You will get treasures. You will get joy forevermore. But now... It's battleground. Now, this is the place that God tests us and trains us and matures us for the coming eternal kingdom of God. And we have to see that properly, and storms help us see that properly. And I know we've gone over in our time today. I know this is a lengthier podcast, but it's such a big topic. 
And I hope it's one we can think correctly about and see that storms are something we really need. Maybe even we really want in this life because they are there as a blessed gift from God for our sanctification. And one day we will have the benefit of hindsight. We will be in eternity with Christ. We will be able to look back upon the storms of life and actually thank the Lord for the storms that he put in our life. But right now, we need to help ourselves think biblically and not avoid the storms, not hunker down, not run from every storm or wake Jesus up and say, calm every storm, Lord, but to trust and to have faith and to look at Jesus in the midst of the storm and see his peace, see his calmness in his soul and emulate the same thing that he taught us. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope you will see storms and trials in your life for what they really were intended for because it's an evidence of God's great love for us. Many blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.